Today's reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 19, page 933 in the Church Bible. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, but because, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than them all, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise him from the dead if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then how has Christ been not been raised either? And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. This is the word of the Lord. All right, let's keep that passage open. And let's look at it together. Put out the notes and everything. And let's pray together as we start. Our Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus, his death, his resurrection. Pray that uh, you would speak to each of our hearts today. Give me strength to preach. And uh, yeah, would each of us see Jesus and live for him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Well, especially with social media, there's lots of new words, new expressions that kind of come into usage. Does anyone know the acronym YOLO? Anyone know what that means? YOLO. Gabriel, you only live once. Exactly, YOLO. Now, what is YOLO? It's a bit like uh, the old carpet DMCs today. It used to mean kind of make the most of life. Hey, YOLO. What do people do? You know, eat your whole tub of ice cream. You know, you only live once. Make the most of it. Uh, go bungee jumping. You know, YOLO. Make the most of it. Make the most of your life. Uh, it's not as popular anymore. People did stupid things, drunk driving, YOLO, and it's not as popular. But the idea is still there, right? Everywhere around us, all these advertisements make the most of your life. People around us, you know, this is the only life you have. Make the most of it. And we live in this world, and we hear that. And is that how we should be living as Christians, you know? 
how do we deal with that? I mean, it's a matter of enjoying all God's good gifts. He's given us so many good gifts. Let's enjoy them. Well, if you want to see a YOLO church, look at Corinth. I don't know if you've read 1 Corinthians. I guess if you read the Bible, you have. It's a mess, right? This church. You look at the church in Corinth. What are some of the things they did? Well, they slept with prostitutes. They got drunk at the Lord's Supper. Uh, They went to temples and joined in the idol worship because they had the best food there. So, yeah, we want the best food. Let's come and join the idol worship. Uh, They were taking each other to court for more money. What a church. What a mess. But why was this church such a mess? Well, we heard it. Actually, there's something underlying it. And we heard it in today's reading, verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead... How can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? How can some of you think that there's no resurrection? That's the thing. They didn't have a problem with Jesus' resurrection, but they thought, nothing for us. You know, your soul, it kind of keeps living on, maybe it's immortal, but no life after death. And so, well, make the most of this life, YOLO. And what a mess that was. And Paul, yeah, his whole letter is trying to sort that out. He's trying, to, of course, he's dealing with all those abuses, which is the previous 14 chapters. But now, look, this, guys, this is what you've got wrong, the resurrection. And so we're going to spend three weeks on this huge chapter, one big message. You know, there's a resurrection waiting for us. Uh, believe it and live it. And that is what, uh, yeah, I want for us because, you know, we live in this world we get this message, we need to live differently. So let's listen. Today uh, we're especially going to focus on Jesus' resurrection um, because that's where Paul starts. But the two are connected. Eh? As you've heard in the reading, well, our resurrection and Jesus are connected. Uh, either God is interested in life after death or he's not. But uh, let's see what uh, Paul says. And the first thing that you get from Paul, you know, this is really, really important. Eh? 15 verse 1 look now brothers and sisters I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you which you received and on which you've taken your stand look let me go back to basics I want to remind you of the gospel verse 3 what I received I also passed on to you as of first importance look here are the basics you know Jesus died and he was buried and he was raised now you might think this is so basic right the gospel that's for people who are not Christians I'm a Christian I'm so mature I don't need the gospel anymore you know these are the ABC's aren't they maybe you're in solid rock can you imagine you go to school tomorrow and uh, here's the teacher okay I want to remind you of something very important let's sing the alphabet song okay A B C come on I know that but Paul says no (laughs) this is really important (laughs) I want, let's go back to basics. You know, Jesus died and rose. And, and the thing is, this is something that matters. There are huge stakes. And verse 2, by this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, and otherwise you've believed in vain. You know, if you hold to this, you're saved. And if you don't, well, your, your faith is in vain. You, there's no point being a Christian. This, this is essential. Uh, we talked about essential and luxury. 
this is an essential thing, right? The resurrection is essential because if you don't believe it, you're not saved, he says. I mean, you can buy a book of theology on the bookstall that's kind of this thick, 1,200 pages, and those things are true, but some of them, they're more, you know, if you don't fully get them, that's okay. <laughs> some things are just essential, and the resurrection is essential. And so we're going to spend, you know, Paul says, look, first look at all the evidence, and then realize the implications. Because even for these mature Christians, look, I want to convince you this really happened. Why does he go about Jesus' resurrection? Well, it's a fact. It's a fact. So let's look at verses 3 to 3 onwards. What does Paul want to say? Look, here's evidence. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the Twelve, and so on. Now, what is this? Now, the thing is, this is a creed. Paul says, look, uh, I've received something and passed on to you. That's not a, you know, uh, an email or junk mail. What, uh, this is something that was really something sacred deposit that you know, I received and I've passed on to you. That's the language here. I mean, you hear it's not a normal sentence, right? that he died, that he was buried, that he was raised, that he appeared. It's, it's a creed, like we usually say, the Nicene Creed. Yeah, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of I believe, I believe. So this is the official teaching of the church. But how old is this? Think about that, because, you know, I guess you will say, oh, it's just a legend, right? Jesus' resurrection. You know, a bit like King Arthur, you know, after his death, later, these kind of stories developed. Uh, this is, um, when is this? So Paul is writing 25 years after Jesus. He came there 20 years after Jesus. And he says, well, this is what I received. When did he receive it? Well, Paul became a Christian three, four years after Jesus. And maybe he got it when he got to Rome, uh, sorry, to Jerusalem, seven years, somewhere between three to seven years after Jesus. That is not a time for legends, right? Let's think about seven years ago, the London Olympics. Right? You remember the London Olympics? Imagine that you now go to London on your holiday, and there's the Olympic Stadium, and next to the Olympic Stadium there's a bunch of churches. And you go there and people believe that Usain Bolt died and rose. Right? He, he ran the 100 meters, won gold, and then he died. And two days later he rose again and he won the 200 meters. Would you think that would be a legend? Is that just, a, you know, he was such a great runner and these stories develop over time. This is so short ago, right? Something must have really happened for all these churches, thousands of people to believe that in the, the same city where it happened. I mean, maybe this doesn't mean much to you. Uh, the umbrella movement, what if these guys who've gone to jail, what, what if they actually died and rose just those few years ago and thousands of people in Hong Kong would say, yeah, that really happened. Is that just a legend? <laughs> Something really happened, right? This is, this is not a legend. This is, this is so recent. 
And, and Paul wants to convince, look, this is really true. And, and he's not just telling us some theology, he's giving us evidence. Because look again at what the church would say, right? They would say in the service, eh, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried, he was raised, and he appeared. Now, which of them are important, do you think? I guess Jesus' death and resurrection, right? They're the important things, theologically. But then why, why, why the burial? Why the appearances? Well, because that shows it really happened, you know? Uh, Jesus was buried. There was a tomb here in Jerusalem, and it's now empty. And he appeared. Again, his appearances, they don't do anything theologically, but actually people saw him. Lots of people. Uh, Peter, Kephas, uh, the twelve, 500 people. 500 people saw him, and most of them are still alive. So he's trying to say, look, all these people, go check them out. They will tell you they saw Jesus. Jesus was dead as a doornail, and now he was alive again. And, and they will tell you it's true. Now, I, I don't know what you think of that, appearances. I, I don't know, maybe some, some of you are skeptical. You know, I want evidence. I mean, this was 2,000 years ago. What do you want? A selfie? A video recording? Yeah? <laughs> this was 2,000 years ago. But what do they have at that time? Well, testimony, witnesses, like we have in court these days. We often believe things based on witnesses. Do kangaroos come from Australia? Good question. I believe that. Do you say I'm an idiot for believing that? Well, no, I think it's reasonable, right? Because a lot of people have told me. <laughs> that is true. You can ask people here from Australia. You know, they will tell you, kangaroos come from Australia. <laughs> we often believe things because people told us. And I think of some of these people, you know. I have a friend of mine who preached on this passage. You know, look at three particular guys. First of all, Cephas, Peter. So that's Jesus' best friend. He believed that Jesus was God. James. James was Jesus' brother. Okay, so Jesus' brother, who lived with him for 30 years, went around the world proclaiming that his brother was God. Uh, I don't know, do you have a brother or a sister? What would you have to do to convince them that you are God? So that's kind of after you've died, that he would go around all around the world proclaiming, yeah, yeah, my brother or sister, he was really God, and I'm going to die for that belief. What happened? You know, uh, maybe your brother is very special. Do you really believe they are the God of the universe? Something happened, right? Or Saul, at the end, last of all, he appeared to me, Jesus' worst enemy. How would you convince your worst enemy that you are God? I, I guess you don't have a worst enemy. Mr. Kim Jong-un, what if he, has a, he gives a big speech on television Yes, I've become uh, a Christian. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I'm now going to go to Afghanistan, to the mountain villages, and, and preach the gospel there. If that happened on TV, what do you think? Did something really happen? Or, you know, he's just bored and looking for something new in his life. You would think something strange happened, something miraculous. That's the thing. How would you explain this? How do you explain that just after Jesus died, loads of people who knew him for a long time 
went around believing he is God because he came back from the dead. How did that happen? And just to say, you know, Paul says there's evidence, you know. You need to believe this because look at all this. Some people say faith is just, you know, oh, don't worry, don't think, just believe it. You know, uh, that's what others think faith is, right? Richard Dawkins, faith is the great cop-out, the great excuse to evade the need to think and evaluate evidence. Faith is belief in spite of, or even perhaps because of, the lack of evidence. Well, some things here we don't have evidence for. I don't have hard evidence that I'm going to be raised from the dead, because that's future. But you see this passage, Paul doesn't think that you should stop thinking. No, he wants you to think. And he wants the Corinthians to think, look, this is real. This is history. Jesus was really dead and he was really alive again. And all these people have seen him. Right? So faith, <laughs> faith is based on evidence here. And if, you, if you're here, you don't think so. Again, how do you explain this? How do you explain this Christian movement? What happened to convince so many people so short time that Jesus was God and raised from the dead? How did that happen? That's the question. Yet no one saw the resurrection. But you have to explain this. So I hope you feel the force. Look, this is real. You can believe this. You know, hold fast to this. But then... Lastly, he also wants to go back to, you know, the implications. Do you realize the implications? You guys say there's no resurrection. You know, there's no life after death. Have you thought that through? You know, you're a Christian here, you come to church, but you don't really think life after death matters or is there. And he says, don't be ridiculous. Look at this. Think about this. And so that's from verse 12 onwards. Verse 12. If it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. You know, then, then of course, God doesn't raise dead people, then Jesus is still in his grave. Uh, does that matter? Well, verse 14. If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. You know? We're a bunch of liars. We go around with this message that is just nonsense, that is not true, and it doesn't save anyone. Especially it doesn't save you, right? Uh, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Verse 17, uh, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You know, you're following Jesus, you're trusting in Jesus, but Jesus is there in a grave. He's not the king. He's not going to save you. Why are you trusting in him? Why are you following him? You know, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Jesus' death didn't do anything. It was just a normal death like everyone else. Nothing special. He is dead. No hope for him. No hope for you. Right? No hope for those who have died. Verse 18. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. You know, those, who have, uh, those who've died already. You know, they died trusting that they would go to Jesus and they would see you again. No, what? They're, they're dead. They're, lo they're lost. They're gone. You're not going to see them again. If Jesus hasn't been raised, if there's no resurrection, that's the consequences. 
Do you, do you believe that? And then, yeah, verse 19, the end result. If, for this life on, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. You know, if we've trusted Jesus but there's no hope later, it's just for this life, that's so tragic. What, what a waste. You're to be pitied. People should see Christians and think, that's so sad, you know, so sad. All their life trusting in Jesus for nothing. I, I don't know what is the saddest case that you've ever seen. My previous church, there was a guy in my small group. He was in his 70s. He had two jobs, one as a cleaner, one in a, as a shop assistant. I don't know if that's what you want to be doing when you're 70. Why was that? Well, he had great retirement, great savings. And he put it all in this financial scheme, and, and, and he lost it all. Everything was gone, and now in his 70s, gray, you know, body falling apart, but he was doing all this work just to survive. So sad. You know, he had all this hope, lost it all. But Christians are even worse, right? If you've your whole life living for Jesus, and then there's nothing at the end. Paul thinks it's tragic. Think about it. You know, you, if you're 80 years old, and then they find Jesus' bones... And actually, it's all not true. How would you respond? All this money that I've given to church, what a waste, right? All this time that I've spent, you know, teaching Sunday school and, you know, meeting up with people and serving, what a waste. Uh, All these years keeping myself pure from marriage, what a waste. You know, all these years people making fun of me, uh, all these years in other countries being afraid of bombs, all for nothing. That, that's what Paul says, right? If it's not true, don't bother. It's, it's next week's reading, but look ahead at verse 32. This is what Paul thinks. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. You know, if there's nothing after death, YOLO, you know? eat and drink and enjoy yourself and make the most of it because this is the only life you have. And certainly don't waste your life being a Christian. And that's what Paul thinks. You're wasting your life if you're a Christian and there's no hope. So how can you be here in church and not believe it? You know, (laughs) the resurrection is essential. You can't take it away. And just to say, some people, they think, you know, Eternal life, that doesn't matter. What really matters is following Jesus and being like him. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing to do. But Paul says it's a waste of time, right? He thinks eternity is what matters. And if that's not there, don't bother. It also shows that Paul is really genuine, right? Paul really means what he says. Because there's some people, you know, they say, oh, Paul just made it up. You know, uh, he's just... uh, Jesus was this great prophet, but uh, Paul started this religion that he was raised from the dead. Well, Paul says if, you, if it's not true, but you're still a Christian, you're an idiot. You're wasting your life. But surely, if he invents it, he knows that, right? He knows that this is not true, and yet he's wasting his life. This is real. This is genuine. He's, he's turning people away. He says, look, if, if it's not true, don't be a Christian. If you're a fraud, then you just want a lot of people and 
a lot of numbers and a lot of money. Paul says, if it's not true, don't bother. If, if it's not true, don't be a Christian. You know, go out and enjoy yourself. Don't be a Christian. Now, this really matters. This is essential. It's foundational. But I, I hope you see the force, right? You know, the, the resurrection, it's true. It's a fact. And it's so essential. If it's not true, what's the point? Uh, and I, he hopes you see that. And so, yeah, I, I hope you can see what I want you to do, right? What Paul wants you to do. Believe this. Uh, as he says, verse 2, hold on to it. This, this is true. This is a, a fact. This is, you know, <laughs> by this you're saved. Uh, hold to it. Think about it. Glory in it. Thank God for it. Praise God for it. Never let it slip. Beware of anyone who tells you otherwise. This is... This is true. This is wonderful. I, I hope that makes sense. You know, this is, yeah, this is essential. This is the, the basics, the ABCs, and, and without it, there's nothing left. Now, just to say, I, I say this, but I guess there are people here, uh, you're quite different. You, you, you doubt this. You know, you, you're, you, you have your doubts. You have your, especially maybe you're in solid rock. Uh, when you were a child and you believed everything your parents told you, and, and now you're, you need to work it out yourself a bit, and you're trying to, do I really believe this? Now, what should you do? Now, I hope you see Paul thinks you should make up your mind at some point, right? Because th there's no win-win situation. If this is true, it's the most important thing, and if you don't believe it, you're going to miss out in a big way. Then again, if it's not true, but you do believe it, you're wasting your life. <laughs> you're to be pitied. <laughs> Which shows that being in the middle is not a good thing, right? You, you need to make up your mind at some point. But, but that takes time. And, and, and Paul doesn't slap them, come on, believe it. He tries to persuade them. He tries to help them think it through. So, so if, if you hear someone and you're struggling, I, I, I think be open about that. You know, uh, be honest that, you know, I, uh, there's things about Christianity uh, that I find difficult to believe. It's a lot easier if you're open. And I think maybe in a church, there's this pressure, right? Everyone believes it. I need to believe it as well. But actually, I don't. But Paul doesn't want that. He wants, you know, if it's not genuine, there's no point. So, so, you know, talk to people. And, you know, the rest of us, let's not reject people with doubts. Let's help them. Maybe especially as parents or teachers, this matters. And some of you, you go to ICS, right? And you get your grades depend on you giving the right answer. <laughs> Actually, that's maybe not a, you know, that might make you think, oh, I, I should believe this, but I don't. You know, let's be open. If you have doubts, Let's talk about them. Let's think about it together. Let's work it through. Give you time. But ultimately, yeah, you need to choose one, right? You can't be in the middle because you'll lose out. You can't just live as a Christian but not believe it. That's the worst place to be. But, but I hope for the rest of us, I, I hope this, this makes sense. And I hope at the end you will be convinced that this is true. And this is wonderful and glorious. I mean, take these verses and turn them around. If Jesus really is raised from the dead, well, their preaching is not useless. They're telling the truth about God, that he, he 
raises from the dead. He gives life after death. And your faith is not useless. Your faith is not in vain. You are no longer in your sins because Jesus is not in his grave. He's raised. And he's the king and he's the savior. And so you're, you're right to trust him, right? And people who have died trusting in Christ, they will live and you will see them again. Yeah, and, and you're not to be pitied. Everyone thinks you're wasting your life. On the, on the last day, you will know, I, I haven't wasted my life being a Christian. That is the great hope here, right? This is true. We can believe it. And living it, yeah, it makes sense and it's wonderful. I, I hope you see that. Let, let, I mean, let's think about it. Let's help each other keep going. Let's help each other hold firm to it. But, but I hope you see it, right? It, this matters. This is true. And if it is true, it's glorious. Right. Why don't uh, the music team come up? We're going to sing. We're going to sing about uh, the resurrection. Uh, yeah, Jesus, what he did. And celebrate it in communion. Um, if you're a parent with young children, splash, rainbow, sparklers, please go now and pick them up. Because, uh, yeah, during the song... And also, this is our offering time. If you're part of the church family, please um, yeah, contribute to the ministry. This is the time. If you're a guest, just uh, pass the bag along. We want you to receive. But let's sing with joyful hearts of these great truths together. <laughs> 